and welcome to Kidmin Talk number 65. This is Carl Bastian, your host, coming to you from Kidology.org, where our mission is to equip and encourage you in your ministry to kids. Whether you are a leader or a volunteer, we are here to help make your job easier. And I am excited to conclude our three-part series on engaging children. I am sharing with you the messages that I gave at the Engage Children Conference. We talked about engaging God. We talked about engaging leaders. And now for the conclusion, once you have done that, you are ready to engage children. So sit back and relax and get ready to be challenged and equipped and encouraged. Today's podcast is sponsored by KidShine, a ministry that is uniquely qualified to partner with you in engaging children. So with that, let's talk Kidman. Kids are great. I love ministering to kids, and I know you do too, or you wouldn't be listening to Kid Men Talk. I remember last year, sometime, my my son was uh, talking to me, and, and he's really big into Scooby-Doo, and I remember when I, I may have even shared this on the podcast, I remember when we tried to, when he was a little boy to avoid Scooby-Doo because it had ghosts and goblins and zombies and all this stuff, and, uh, and a friend, a neighbor, introduced him, you know, a pagan neighbor introduced him to Scooby-Doo, and he came home talking about monsters like all right we gave in and and now we're big scooby-doo fans and of course it's always a person in a costume so you know it's okay but he asked me one day he said dad you know what what is a zombie and so i'm like all right here we go so i start explaining you know well a zombie's not real but you know in the make-believe you know world a zombie is is a person that was dead um but they come back to life and they're 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 walking around you know so they're they're like a dead person that, that's alive and and he goes oh so jesus was a zombie. I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Jesus was a zombie. That's right. A dead person that came back to life. But kids just say the most uh, ridiculous and uh, funny things. And I wish, I wish I've been writing down all the funny things that, that he has said. And a lot of times we put them on Facebook and, and I blog about them because we just, we want to capture these things. Kids are amazing. And um, recently I got to speak at the Engage Children Conference. And as I have said at the beginning of each of these podcasts, if you are anywhere on the East Coast, you should go to the Engage Children Conference. I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, It's worth flying into. It's a fantastic conference. Tons of workshops and some great exhibitors and uh, very affordable, very equipping and encouraging, which of course is our passion. And so um, I did two podcasts. If you're jumping into this one, you've missed the last two. We talked first about engaging God and actually played the audio from that uh, session. It was recorded. The next two weren't recorded. And so I'm just sharing with you um, my teaching notes and uh, I'm going to add to it and share some links and things. And then we talked about engaging leaders because before you can engage kids effectively, you first need to be engaging God yourself. You can't take somebody somewhere you have never been yourself. And then we talked about engaging leaders because you need to build a team. You cannot do it alone. You can't be a superhero. But once you've done that, it is time to 
engage kids. But I want to share with you a great ministry that wants to help you do that in a really neat way. I remember the first time I did a sports camp. I don't know if you've done a sports camp, but I, and it's not a sports camp I'm going to talk about. I'm just using this as an illustration. I was at the Children's Pastors Conference, which is another ministry I'm excited about. And uh, I make a habit of visiting every booth at CPC. Early on, when I started going in the late 90s, um, someone challenged me, you need to visit every booth. Don't be tricked by the fancy uh, ones that have expensive booths. Go into every booth. And I, I went into a booth of a, of, a, of a small sports camp ministry, and, and I'm not really into sports. And I, I learned about it, and I did my first sports camp, and wow, it was fantastic. That was Uncharted Waters. Great ministry. And um, and, uh, and, and I've been doing those uh, for years, and they're fantastic. Maybe you do a sports camp. But I recently discovered a new ministry last year at CPC called Kidshine. Their website's kidshineonline.org, and I'll link it in the show notes, all right? But Kidshine is similar to a sports camp, but not every kid is into sports, soccer, basketball, cheerleading, whatever you do at your sports camps, because there are kids that are not athletic, they're not into that, and they get completely left out by this whole American emphasis on sports. There's kids that love drama and love acting. And Kids Shine is very similar to the sports camps, except it's different. It's five days of performing arts fun, music, drama, dance, puppets, scenery painting. But it's more than that. It's also laughter and praise, and it's all centered around the joy of being part of God's family and, of course, an emphasis on the gospel. And all week long, kids work on putting together one big performance that is put on at the end of the week. It's an unforgettable experience. And there's two ways you can do it. It's You can have the Kidshine team come in and do it. You just need very minimal amount of volunteers and they will do the whole thing for you. Or you can, you can license it from them and you get 12 months to do it yourself and they'll give you everything you need. If you've got drama people in your church that like to direct and do all that, then they will give you everything you need. They'll give you your, their name, their methods, the schedule, the musical, and then you can create your own unforgettable day camp experience. I would challenge you to look into kidshineonline.org. Just like that sports camp thing was totally new to me and became a great experience for all those athletic kids in my ministry, you're going to find the same thing happen with drama. You're going to reach a whole new group of kids that maybe have been overlooked and forgotten. And not just the kids in your church, but the kids in your community as well that are going to see this and go, that's me. I know my nephew, Parker, loves drama and uh, is is always trying out for plays and getting into plays and uh, loves that. And and and, and he's, uh, I can't remember if it's nerd or geek, one of those words he likes, one of them he doesn't. I forget which one it is. But he's like a video gamer guy and uh, is not into sports, but he loves drama. And uh, he would he's the kind of kid that would see this and go, that's that's me. I don't want to go to a soccer camp or a basketball camp, but a drama camp, man, that is awesome to him. And so I encourage you to look into kidshineonline.org and uh, consider that as a possible outreach for your church. And it doesn't have to be summer. You know, it can be a, a spring break or, or something else as well. But engaging kids, whether it be through sports or through drama or every week in our ministry is something that is so important. Now, if you've ever gotten an email from me or looked at the end of an article that I've written, you'll often see that I sign my name under four words, because Jesus loves children. 
And it's, it's more than just a catchy little phrase. It is more than just a motto. It is my answer to almost any question that I'm asked. And I'm asked a lot of questions over the years. I've been in ministry literally since I was 10 years old. Today is my mom's birthday. Bless her heart, she's with the Lord. When I was a 10-year-old boy and I felt called to children's ministry, my mom said, you start next Wednesday. I said, when I grow up, I want to be a children's evangelist. After seeing an evangelist, and she said, what's growing up got to do with it? You start next Wednesday. And the next Wednesday, I was teaching in our Awana club. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. And so I've always had a very different and a very unique and a very kind of crazy approach to children's ministry. It's what's given birth to kidology, the study of kids, a very kid-focused and centered approach to ministry. So when I'm asked questions like, you know, why are you making every volunteer have a background check? Well, because Jesus loves children. Well, why do you insist on a secure check-in and check-out system? Well, because Jesus loves children. Uh, Why do you want to remodel the kids' ministry area? Well, because Jesus loves children. Why do you dress up like a fool and have all these crazy theme nights? Well, because Jesus loves children. Why would you humiliate yourself with a pie in the face or get dunked in a dunk tank? Well, because Jesus loves children. Why would you collect 2,000 plastic eggs and stuff them with candy? Because Jesus loves children. Why do you let the service get so loud? Why do you own so many toys? Why did you learn to unicycle and juggle and do magic tricks? Why do you take time to disciple kids one-on-one when you have a big ministry to run? Why do you work so hard to make contact with every kid in your ministry every year? Because Jesus loves children. The number one most important thing in your ministry is that children experience the love of God. And they can only experience that through people. A video can't love a kid. A program can't love a kid. A curriculum can't love a kid. A website can't love a kid. If your kids grow up in a ministry and were never loved by a leader, you failed them. I would challenge you to reread the story of Jesus and the children. I know we all know it. We haven't memorized it. We've we've preached it. We've taught it. But why did Jesus get angry? Because the disciples wanted to talk ministry. When Jesus wanted to spend time with kids. We do a lot of talking and doing ministry. Jesus was just saying, let them get to me. And he was setting an example. You see, we talk about ministry. We write about ministry. I'm talking about ministry right now. We blog about ministry. What we need to do is spend time with kids. We need to actually engage with children. We need to hang out with them. Stop talking, debating, and doing, and be with kids. When is the last time you were with the kids? Not talking, teaching at them, just hanging out with them, just chilling, discipling, visiting. I would challenge you to bring back visitation. I believe that visitation is a lost art in children's ministry. Visit schools, be a lunch mom or lunch dad. You know, kids aren't impressed with your events. They're not impressed with your teaching, how much time we spend putting together these awesome lessons with great, you know, videos and PowerPoints and object lessons. And that's good. And, And they communicate and they create memories. But the kids are not impressed as much as we think. What they are impressed with is when you visit them or hang out with them. 
There's an article I'm going to link in the show notes called Beyond the Classroom, and it gives a lot of ideas about how to make an impact with kids outside of the classroom. And my favorite idea in that article, and I would really challenge you to download that and read it, is to make yourself a prize. I used to work so hard to come up with these great prizes, you know, super soakers, bicycles, electric scooters, you know, all these great prizes. And then I realized the best prize I could offer kids was myself. And my wife and I started doing these prizes, which was an outing with us going to amusement park, going to a movie, just going out to lunch on Sunday afternoon. And when I made the prize that the top two boys or the top two girls or four or whatever got to spend an outing or an afternoon with us, they were more excited about that than winning a giant super soaker squirt gun because it was relational. And the, I still have pictures. I still have great memories and kids will still talk about their trips with us. In fact, a couple years ago at a CPC, a boy, a grown boy, overheard my voice at one of our evening CPC gatherings, which we're going to be having again this year. And he came up to me and he said, I recognized your voice. And he talked about how he still remembered our outing we went on. In fact, it was fun. The couple of people at the CPC gathering um, said, Carl, you be quiet. And they started grilling this guy to see if the stuff I said on Kidology was actually true. And because uh, they wanted to they wanted to verify stuff from this grown kid from my ministry. But making yourself a prize. In fact, I'm going to link uh, a couple of things in the show notes. There's an article on making kids feel special. And I've got 10 tips in there for ways to make kids feel special. In fact, I'll even link an uh, article from Children's Ministry Magazine from way back in 2002. And it was the Kidologist Insider Secrets to Connecting with Kids. And it's a shorter article, but it's got some good stuff in there. But let let me share with you the three L's that I shared at the uh, keynote address here at the Engaged Children Conference. And the first one was to learn. You need to become a student of the world of kids. You know, that's where kidology came from, our trademark term, all right? Kidology, the study of kids. You need to learn the world of kids, all right? Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way, all right? We've all got relatives, right? And, you know, what is a relative? A relative is someone who um, you're a friend of that you might not actually be a friend to if they weren't actually related to you, all right? Let's be brutally honest. How many of you have a relative that if you were not related to them, you might actually have nothing to do with? Now, I don't mean that you dislike them, all right? There may be relatives you dislike and that you might want to disown. But what I'm talking about are relatives that you don't dislike them, but you don't necessarily like them, all right? I mean, if they were not related to you, they're not who you would choose to have in your life, okay? Let me word this really carefully. I'm not saying you don't like them. There's nothing to dislike about them. They're nice people. When you get together at weddings and funerals, you get along, you talk about sports or weather, or maybe avoid politics, uh, but, but there's nothing about them that draws you to them. And if you were not related to them, they probably would not be in your life. There are people who are not related to you who are your friends because you have things in common, all right? And that's how it can be with children. Children can view you as people who they don't dislike, but you're in their life because you're their teacher, you're their pastor, you're their, you're their club leader, and they don't dislike you. You're a nice enough person, and they're willing to talk to you about the Bible or Jesus or Moses or whatever because, you know, you're a nice enough person, and, and that's the topic of the class. But they wouldn't be your friend outside of church because really there's nothing else about you that would draw them to you. But when 
you have things in common with them beyond the Sunday school curriculum or beyond the context of church, suddenly you become a friend. And that's where the kidology philosophy of ministry becomes so powerful. You need to download the four pillars of children's ministry and read the kidology handbook to fully get this. Because once you become a friend to kids, once you're relating to them within the context of their world, you're learning their world, suddenly you're not just a relative, you're not just someone that they get along with or put up with or get, you know, or tolerate. You become someone that they like. And it's so powerful. And that's our second L. All right. Kids need to know that we like them. Um, I have a nephew and I love my nephew. His name is Michael. And I remember years ago, one time, we were just having a great time playing and interacting and, and playing um, Pillow Monster on the couch, wrestling, burying each other with pillows. And, and at the end, we were, we were just hugging on the couch. And I said, Michael, I love you. And he said the most profound thing to me. He looked up at me and he said, yeah, Carl, I know you love me, but do you like me? And that, that moment was a transitional moment for me because I realized kids expect us to love them. Our kids, our own children expect us to love them. Our relatives expect us to love them. The kids at church expect us to love them. We're commanded by God to love. But nowhere in the Bible does it say, thou shalt like your neighbor. Do you realize that? Liking is optional. And it's so much more powerful when you tell a child that you like them because they know you don't have to. You have to love them. God, God makes you love them. They can be the meanest, most obnoxious, disobedient, insubordinate, reprobate of a child and you have to like them. I mean, you have to love them, but you don't have to like them. So I make a point every day of telling my son that I like him and telling kids at church that I like him. So learn their word, their world, learn all you can about them and let them know that you like them. It's powerful to kids. And the last L is lead them to Jesus. We're not about entertaining kids. We're not about educating kids. We're not about controlling kids and just providing quality care for them while the adults are being ministered to. And you know all that. Ultimately, our purpose is to make disciples and to lead them to Jesus. So make sure that you're sharing the gospel at some point. What a tragedy for a kid to grow up in the children's ministry and never come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior because you just never bothered to do it. What a shame that would be. Let me close with, with some scripture. And bear with me because I'm going to read you a little bit of a passage here, but I think it's a great passage, right? Because it is so important to realize that you are not just a program director, you are a shepherd. And look at what God says about shepherds in Ezekiel chapter 34 to some shepherds who were failing. He says, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove from them tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock, then he is with them. So I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. That's kind of a sobering thing. Shepherds who were not doing their job, there will be judgment for them. We need to take seriously that we are shepherds of the kids under our care. That's the Old Testament. The New Testament, 1 Peter 5, 2 and 4, the Lord says, Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing. 
as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Listen, friends, you will not be evaluated for how great your programs were, but for how well you shepherded those under your care. Never lose sight of the purpose of programs. You have to run programs. That's part of your job. I understand that. But they're there to facilitate shepherding. They're not there for their own sake. All right. They're not there to boost numbers or your reputation as a great leader and organizer. All right. You're there to shepherd kids. And you've got to engage kids in the midst of all that administrative stuff that you're doing. You know, I shared at the Engage Children Conference that the week of that conference on Facebook, in the midst of running an Awana Game Leaders Facebook group that I run, I'll link that in the in the show notes if, if you're an Awana Game Leader, that um, one of the posts in there is just, hey, post the city and state you're from. It's kind of fun to see out of the hundreds of people in that, in that group uh, just where they're from. And um, turns out uh, a grown-up kid uh, posted. Her name was Beth. And I recognized Beth's name. And I said, wow, Beth, it's so great to see that you're serving in Awana now, all grown up. And, um, and I hope that she would be delighted that I, I, out of all these names of just people from all over the country, um, th- that I recognized her name and, and where she was from and that she used to be one of the little kids in my ministry. And um, so she and I posted a picture of her as a little girl. I searched my computer and I found a picture of Beth. And um, she posted back, not Carl, I remember your great programs or Carl, I remember what a great teacher you were. or Carl, I remember VBS. She posted, Carl, <laughs> I remember when you put me in your guitar case and tried to sneak me home. <laughs> she remembered when I engaged her and she remembered our fun relational memory. That's what a grown girl remembered from her childhood. Just some fun way that I engaged her and expressed that I loved her so much I wanted to sneak her home in my guitar case. She wouldn't fit in my guitar case anymore. But that's what kids remember. They remember when you engage them relationally outside of all this administrative junk that comes with our leadership role or our teaching role. So make sure in the midst of all the emails, the voicemails, the Facebook notifications and and recruiting and bulletin boards and resource rooms, stocking and curriculum ordering and all that stuff you got to do that you need to be engaging kids because that's what they're going to remember and that's what's going to engage all of eternity. And if you do that, you are going to be sowing seeds that's going to produce spiritual fruit that's going to last for all of eternity. Well, I hope you'll think of a way this week that you can engage children. Don't forget to check out kidshineonline.org and consider if you might want to do a drama camp this next year in your ministry calendaring. And don't forget to please check out the show notes page. Lots of helpful links, some great articles that you can download to give you some practical ideas of ways that you can engage children. Please do participate in the forum discussion. It's always encouraging to me and helpful to others. And if there's a topic you would like me to discuss on a future Kidman talk, remember you can shape the show with your questions and suggestions. Well, until next time, this is Carl. Reach me at carl at kidmantalk.com, Twitter at kidmantalk. And until next time, thanks for listening to Kidman Talk. Talk.